Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic as always. Just left the wonderful city of Hendersonville. I was getting on the interstate. I saw a guy with a sign, a little cardboard sign. It said, too ugly to prostitute. He's, <laughs> he's out there every week consistently. Wow. Uh, and so it got me thinking of signs that I've seen written, uh, like on the side of the road, people holding signs. I, I was trying to think of some good ones coming over here. Uh, I saw a good one the other day. It said, I bet you a dollar you'll read this sign. Oh, I wow. thought that one was pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, there's some budget. I think one of my favorites ever is there was a guy standing beside a cop car in Nashville, and he said, cop car for sale. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I thought it was great. Wow. So those are the best I've got. But these those people, man, they ain't too proud to beg. Wow. Uh, oh, man. And guess what song That's we are... Uh, well, guess what song we're covering Was today. that terrible? Are we terrible? Maybe that was kind of a bad segue. Maybe <laughs> no, little... no, 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 no. Let it be known, that was an amazing segue. <laughs> I just wonder if it makes us awful people. Maybe we're bad people. That we Sorry. were like, anyway. Laughing at such things. But <laughs> however, it's already said. It's out we're of not, That toothpaste ain't going back in the tube. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So here we go. So here we go. This is Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations. Sympathy, I don't mind Cause you mean that much to me Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations from the 1966 album Getting Ready. If you've seen the album cover, it's pretty literal. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like they're just getting dressed they're for prom. Ready. Yeah, I mean, they're in front of a mirror, like checking their hair, and, <laughs> you know, so they're literally, literally getting ready. But it's also a play off the fact that the song, the first single from that album was Get Ready, which we'll talk about a little bit Absolutely. later. Absolutely. Talk uh, about a little smoky. Another amazing song. Yeah. Could have easily done an episode on Get Ready. Uh, from the 1966 album Getting Ready, written by Norman Whitfield and Edward Holland Jr. Um, let's talk about, real quick, I, the first thing that, that you notice about this song, uh, and apparently we're not the only ones, is the opening drum fill. Um, it's a... It's a fill that is uniquely Motown sounding, right? We're squarely in the middle of the Motown boom period. Which is actually what prompted me to suggest this song to Rob. I heard it the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good out the gate. And I was like, Rob, we should do that one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and this song we, just hits you Im- it's immediately. In the face. There you yeah. go. So let's let, listen to that one more time. This is the opening drum fill and then the ensuing, you know, just kind of opening bit from the band. I mean, come on. Goodness gracious. Like, from the before, when it's just drums and vocals, right? You're hooked yeah. immediately. I know you. 
you what? Like, come on. That's those two guys could carry the whole thing. Yeah, seriously. Like they could just do a drum and vocal versions <laughs> and you'd be pretty much okay, you know? Um but uh, one more time on that opening drum fill, and then we're gonna talk a bit about it just a little bit. I mean, that's that's it. A killer fill, and it's 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 harder to replicate than you might think. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's just one of those things that, first of all, is uniquely Motown, right? You hear that. Even if you hear it in modern music, it harkens back to the mid-60s and the Motown boom era. Um, and really, it is ascribed to a, a particular drummer who, like, this was his fill. Um, this is what I learned. And we're going to talk some about the Funk Brothers uh, when, we, when we meet the band. But basically... The guys who recorded this track, there were sort of three main Motown drummers at this point uh, who were part of the crew that was doing all their big stuff. And um, so those guys uh, were named uh, Pistol Allen, um, Benny Benjamin, and Uriel Jones. And um, <clears throat> I've seen disagreements online as to, as to which actual drummer played on this song. I believe it to be Benny Benjamin because there's a Motown documentary clip um, and Pistol Allen is talking about the three drummers and kind of explaining th- how you can tell them apart on the recordings. And he said, you know, th- he said, when I do a fill, and they don't, they don't call it a fill, they, they call it a, um, oh, what do they call it? Like a, um, oh, it starts with a P. I, c- I can't think what it is. But anyway, they, they uh, but anyway, when they have a fill, he said, you know, mine would kind of be like this, right? Mine would be, right? Or something like that. And then, uh, and then pistols would be something else. He said, but Benny's was that, that thing you have there uh, at the beginning. So I, I think this is Benny Benjamin um, at this point before that fill had become sort of ubiquitous and other guys were using it. Those three guys were sort of still had their own separate, you know, separate thing. Um, but it's basically like, if I can try to explain it, if you were to, if you were to play what would be, 16th notes with your with your hand and alternating right left right left right you know what i'm saying um so it would be right left right left right and then a tom hit at the end but then what happened is you kind of hit the tom with the first one and then kind of roll the rest of the snare hits and then your last tom hit was with the and then the last tom hit would be with either whichever hand hand whichever hand you want to do it so in slow motion it's like Right, so it's instead of you just roll the the second and third, uh, and then the fourth and fifth hits are straight hits. Right, but it's it's it takes a certain amount of feel feel to be able to pull it off right. F e e l. Yes, feel. It takes amount of certain amount of feel to get the feel uh, the right way. Otherwise, it just comes off sounding like you go. You know what I'm saying. Having not listened to enough of him mid songs and breaks, he could throw that in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know, you get variations on it. You know what I mean? But um, but that's the that's the classic incarnation of that of that fill. And you hear uh, you hear it all the time in you know like classic other examples. I can play you a few. How about um, yeah. uh, How about it's the same old song by the Four Tops. Like okay. the same kind of era. Um, opens with the same fill. Same fill, just a variation. Instead of starting on the tom, it starts with a snare. It does the whole opening uh, thing on the snare. Mm -hmm. And it's got an extra tom. It it goes, right? Whereas, but it's the same. That's so cool. Right? Same building blocks. Uh, Another great one that is really just a transliteration of of that same fill, uh, but in the modern era, is going to be Love Shack by the B-52s. 
uh, opens okay. opens with the same. It's great to kick off a song with that feel. Uh-huh. It, it uh, with that feel, it gives it an instant vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what we're going for. This is going to be fun. This is going to bring back the 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 fun Motown era. You know, it's dancing in the street. It's you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All these all these songs. It just harkens immediately back to that. So this is the opening to Love Shack. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I never thought about it because it's so just driving mm-hmm. all the way through. I never thought that's how they brought it in. But it's the yeah, same same deal. So B fifty twos, everyone. B fifty twos. How about they're Motown Motown influenced? You can hear it. I mean, w- Motown weird, weird. They're Motown yeah. weird. Yeah, talk rock Motown. Yeah, yeah. That guy's voice. Well, I, I definitely want to do that song at some point. So I'll never. We'll save some stuff. Yes, but I, that guy's voice is so weird, and I love it. The mm. the combination of the three voices in the B fifty twos is something really unique. Something really that you're not going to find ever anywhere else. I love it. But we're about to set sail here. We're about <laughs> to set sail. That's right. So anyway, back to Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations. Um, the the I, I love the way while the, while we're on, like we're not yet a measure into this song, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, but I, I love the way that the beginning of this song and even up through into the second verse, this song is still unfolding musically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it starts you out with just the drum fill, and then it's got a real sparse drum pattern, you know, with the on the bell of the ride. Um, and and it gets one, two, like almost three bars in before you hear any other instruments. Any and then it's just that piano that kind of rolls in the ring, ding, ding. And then everything else stays out. Until he hits the chorus. Patience. They just hanging out dancing. Yeah. And it puts the vocal up front. Uh, very good vocal performance on this. Um, and, and and we'll talk a little bit more about how it came to be. Um, but I just love how there's just little bits and pieces coming in. And then by the by the time you hit the second, uh, you hit the chorus and like the full band comes in, you know, as as kind of expected. You're like, okay, this is about to hit, right? And it does. And they hit they they hit the um, the chorus, and it's awesome. And then they add another layer in the second verse, which is the uh, the low horns. I, I assume it's like trombones um, coming in. This low brass on uh, the second verse. Check this out. It comes in on count two, and is just like big as day. I love it when, and I think probably trombone players love it too, when they get to be just. Nasty. Nasty, right? <laughs> like, they don't have to hold anything back. because trom- If they could hit the top of the end of the trombone in someone's face yeah. on full extension, they probably it's just would. blah, yeah. right? That's how this comes off. Check it out. This is from the second verse. Now I've heard a crying man has had yeah, a like, man blah, blah, blah. since a pride. Like, don't hold back. You know what I mean? Trombones have this capacity to to do those big notes that, that splatter at the end. You know what I'm saying? That splattery sound. Um trombones i know love being able to do that i just remember from trombone players i knew in college and high school like it's any chance you get to do that you, it, <laughs> it's like guitar players getting a kick in distortion pedal you yeah. know what i'm saying it, it feels good you go yeah man <laughs> so i love that who's your favorite trombone player that you've got to play with or just pick one my pick favorite a, trombone player that i've played with i think you probably know him is brian shaw yeah brian shaw for, yeah he played in jazz band with you guys. yeah uh and uh and he we yeah it's, we had a lot of fun playing in jazz band together because I, because he was very rhythmic in his playing, and I was playing drums at that point. And so we would kind of give each other things to play off of, you know what I mean, and kind of find ourselves uh, locking in some. So that was a lot. Shouts out to Brian Shaw. Mine's I love that. Dr. Tom Oakley, who I've talked about before, he played with our band that time that we didn't have a vocalist, so we asked the guy's dad to come up and sing. Oh, so wow. He also played the trombone. Great trombone player. That's so. awesome. There was a, I, I think I've told this story, but the guy that showed up at church, 
have I told this story on the podcast? With his trombone. With a trombone. I don't know. Okay, so like I, I was I was at church and a, a guy showed up. Um, and you know, somebody will bring like a tambourine or something to church, that kind of thing. But there was a guy that showed up one day with a trombone and he didn't show up like, Hey, can I play? You know what I mean? Can I play with the band on the stage he just or whatever? Stayed in the congregation? In his congregation, took his trombone out <laughs> and starts like in, gets in the middle aisle and with a trombone. amazing. He's like, were you playing on stage or are you in the congregation? No, I think at this point I was in the congregation. Man, that's um, awesome. No, 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 no. Uh, chances are I was on stage. Uh, but yeah, he's in the middle aisle of the oh, church, like kind of dancing back and forth. and <laughs> wah, 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 You know, that's like, awesome. he's like, I came to worship. That's great. I can't. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Uh, now, if I saw that guy, I would just shake his hand. Like, I didn't know what to do. And then now I'd just be like, dude, congratulations on being the most confident person. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Congratulations on that. Um, I didn't really know how you were going to fit on how great thou art, but man, good job jumping out there and going for it. I left my shofar at home today, so it was (laughs) a good thing we had you here. Yeah, A shofar is a ram's horn that gets blown sometimes in Pentecostal churches. It it, it was a big thing in the 90s. It's It's Jubilee. Just go with it. (laughs) That's right. Um, Anyway. Steinberg knows what we're talking about. David Steinberg. He was in campus choir. Yeah, how about that? Um, Okay, all right. Let's get back on track here. Let's talk a little bit about the temptations. Yeah, let's do it. You want to meet the band? Let me give a little bit of background info, and then we'll we'll actually meet them. Uh, The Temptations, originally founded in 1960 as the Elgins. Um, I don't know why. I didn't see anything that told me why. Nobody's name in the original members was Elgin. But they were a combination of two sort of rival Detroit uh, vocal groups that came together and formed The Temptations. The Primes and The Distance. There you go. The Distance I like as, the, oh, as a name. But it's not Distance. It's spelled D-I-S-T-A-N-T-S. T-S, yes. Like not going the distance. Yes. Like it's the distant, distant things. The things that are distant. Far away the, things. Yes. Uh, which is weird. That's how many people you think knew that. You know what I'm saying? In the radio era. Because you just hear it. Yeah. It's not like you're finding them on iTunes and you can mm-hmm. see it. It's, you know, so I don't know. I guess you'd still find them in the same slot in the record store, so it probably didn't matter much. Um, they had four Hot 100 number ones, 14 R&B number ones, uh, won the Grammy Lifetime Achievement, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were the first Motown act to win a Grammy for the song Cloud Nine. Shall we play a little bit of Cloud play Nine? Play a little Cloud Nine. It's got some edge. So later on, later on, the Motown sound, uh, as it was called, came to uh, change a little bit and get a little bit edgier, took on some of the elements of more of your like James Brown, Sly and the Family Stone, uh, what they call like psychedelic soul, that kind of stuff. Um, and so this really 1966 is sort of the turning point for that. After this is when the Motown sound starts to change a little bit. And then by the time they moved to LA, uh, in the early seventies, it had, it, had, you know, kind of really f- become something, you know, that had a lot of the, the more funk elements to it. Uh, but let's listen to a little bit of the first Grammy winning, uh, Motown song. This is the temptations with cloud nine. Yeah. 
so you can kind of hear in that one. Uh, first of all, the, the drum fill at the beginning is similar to this one, uh, but it was a it was one that that the drummer on the um, Motown documentary was saying uh, was one of the other guys' fills, right? So that's not Benny Benjamin. That's one of the other guys on that one. Um, but uh, so yeah, Cloud Nine has more of a um, a little bit grittier, a little bit of that early seventies, um, you know, infused with. Uh, more of the psychedelic soul uh, kind of vibe. So that was the one that they won the Grammy for. Uh, they were first the first Motown act to win a Grammy for. Excuse me. They have um, three songs among the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Three of the like I feel like that's a list that we should probably talk more about, and we haven't really ever. Um, but that seems like something to me that's more trustworthy than the Billboard Top 600, <laughs> right? The all time yeah. 600 that is so weird. Um. They're listed by Rolling Stone as the number 68 greatest artists of all time. Between number 69, Jackie Wilson, kind of same era, uh, and Cream, same era, but totally different vibe. Um, but, um, yeah, right there. And um, the other note I have on The Temptations is that uh, Otis Williams was one of the original members. I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second. But he still tours with the group uh, and owns the trademark to the name. So until the end of time... He, it can be Otis Williams plus anybody as The Temptations. I guess he could tour solo as The Temptations, but that would be a little strange. <laughs> yeah. right? like, I, I, I'm nice the Temptations. I'm The Temptations. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be a little strange. There was a restaurant, uh, for those of y'all Athens people. Uh, as so many of our listeners are. So many big Athens, uh, supporters from the, the friendly, from the friendly city yeah. called Temptations when I was growing up. And it was an ice cream place. Oh, okay. And they had a jukebox. Um, and I would always play... The song, this is awful. Of all the choices, I would play the song My Dingling. You know that song? The Chuck Berry song. Awesome song. Great song. <laughs> That's one thing I remember about the, the Temptations restaurant. Hilarious. Um, you want to talk about The Temptations? Let's meet, let's the, meet man. the man. Hey, let's meet the man. It's time to meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band of the temptations uh referred to themselves as five lead vocalists yeah which i thought was pretty cool makes sense they've gone through 22 members um great story of kind of how uh let's just talk about the writers a little bit right and the producer okay. about how norman whitfield uh became became the the writer this or, is an incredible story this is a good one because he was uh first of all a little bit about norman monster guy wrote papa was a rolling stone heard to the grapevine Come on. the rose royce hit car wash yeah. war War, what, is it good for? Like, the, what is it good for? The guy was a beast. He Absolutely had chops. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, he was with The Temptations from 66 to 74. As a producer. As a producer, yep. Did have a tough go uh, in 2005 when he was found guilty of tax evasion. Um, so he was sentenced to house arrest uh, because he had diabetes and thus he couldn't go to prison. Sounds like a pretty wealthy way out of that situation hey, for me. Don't knock it till you've been there. Don't, <laughs> you know. And I'm only bringing that up because uh, you'll notice The Temptations had some struggles as you go through. Um Great story of how kind of he became the the leader of the Temptations. This uh, is fascinating. You, you want to tell it, Rob? Fascinating. Uh, okay, so yeah, um, so basically there was this sort of King of the Hill system at Motown, and researching the song reminded me just how much the music business is a business. Like Motown was a machine. They weren't just like, hey, let's hang out and make some great music. <laughs> they were like, we're going to make money, and systematically we're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, so yeah, Whitfield. They said that he would basically go to the the uh, the 
headquarters all the time in Detroit, which was called Hitsville, USA, by the way. I'll, Great name. Confidence, like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Hitsville, USA, that's where we meet. Um, and, uh, and he would just ask for a job, put me somewhere, put me somewhere. So Barry Gordy ends up just sort of out of uh, admiring his persistence, puts him in quality control, which I would think is sort of like, you know, like I think of like the little white stickers that you find on clothes or whatever, like putting that inside an album, right? Like (laughs) this is assembled properly, you know, everything is where it's supposed to be, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I would think that's quality control, but it was actually sort of a committee that decided what singles we're going to be put out next. Uh, they listened to all the music that was, you know, there's just music being made all over the place in the Motown studios at this point. It was something like uh, the, the Motown studios were open like 22 hours a day, uh, and they closed for two two hours for just maintenance. Goodness gracious. Um, and so, I mean, there's the output in 1966 when this hit, the output from Motown was staggering, right? There's so much music coming out and it's, and it's just setting the world on fire. So they, they enacted this quality control thing and Whitfield becomes a part of it. And the deal was that if, uh, basically if you helped a group to write and produce a hit song, you became their producer. It really was like a King of the Hill kind of thing. And so at, at this point, Smokey Robinson is producing The uh, the Temptations. Because he had big hits with Get Ready. Well, not uh, really big not hit. As, but, but he had but, but he had hit with them before. Yeah. I guess uh, uh, maybe my – I don't know if he did My Girl yeah, my, or – He did My Girl okay. and The Way you, you Do the Things You Do. Oh, oh that's right. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so Smokey is their like default – producer by this point until somebody knocks him off right that's the deal and so Whitfield decides I'm going to be the guy that knocks him off they had been in a quality control meeting and he they were trying to decide whether to release get ready first or uh, ain't too proud to beg and they went with uh, uh, get ready because it was a smoky song and so he decided that's never going to happen again I'm going to knock smoky off the thing and he made a deal that said if uh if get ready doesn't crack the top 20 then we'll release my song next and I'll and I'll and get my shot and so as as fate would have it uh it did not crack the top 20 with get ready and ain't too proud to beg shot up and was a really huge hit for them and so he became their default producer after that knocks no no less than smoky robinson <laughs> off the top of the mountain know, right? to be their producer <laughs> That's not Smokey Norfolk. That's no, Smokey Robinson. That's right. That's uh, not Smokey from Friday. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's no. That's not Smokey the Hound from the University of Tennessee. Not Smokey the Band. Smokey and the Bandit. Bandit? Yeah. yeah, Smokey the Bear. Not Smokey Bear. Yeah, the Fire Guy. That's right. Um, Edward Holland Jr., writer and producer, yep. also on this, worked exclusively behind the scenes as he suffered from extreme stage fright. Um, worked with the Isley Brothers, Isley Brothers, Isley, Isley yeah, Brothers, Isley, Isley Brothers. When I forgot <laughs> how to read there too. Four tops, the Supremes. Primarily, primarily a lyricist, so uh, just mainly wrote lyrics, write and produced. That's good. Made a good good living out of it. Uh, I'm amazed at how many people in the music industry have stage fright. I know, you know, right? I hear stories of like Clarence Clemens, Clarence Clemens, uh, Phil Collins from from Def Leppard. Not Phil Collins, not Phil Collins, but there's like a guitar player. Yeah, like try to break his hand before the tour started because he would, so he would not have to go on stage. Right. Um, David Ruffin, lead vocalist. We'll jump in and talk about the Temptations now. We'll talk yeah. about the five Temptations on this album or on this uh, track. Forgive me. A great quote from Marvin Gaye said this about Ruffin. He said. He heard strength in his voice that his own voice lacked. So that's pretty impressive. Pretty big quote from Marvin Gaye. Coming from Marvin Gaye. Um, interesting background on David Ruffin. His father was a Baptist minister. 
but sometimes abusive. Um, so the only reason I'm talking about some of these Solid. things is I'm going to hit some highlights, which can be interpreted as lowlights for the Temptations. They're kind of a train wreck through some things. Traveled with the family and the family band opening for Mahalia Jackson and the Five Blind Boys of Alabama. Uh, I'm not sure how many blind boys of Alabama are still in. If it's five, if it's four, or... it's true because now it's just the blind now it's boys. Just the of blind Alabama, boys right? of Alabama. It could be fifteen. Could be, that's right. They could all just be doing their thing. His idol was a uh, Sam Cooke, and when Sam Cooke left gospel music to do pop music, so did Ruffin. Um, then the guy's life kind of went to poop. Uh, in '82, a similar theme where he went to jail on tax evasion. Oh. Again in 87. For, Everybody trying to evade these taxes. Yes. And then in 87 for cocaine. Uh, the guy loved women too. Uh, the guy, he uh, had a wife, kids, girlfriend. And then while having a wife, kids, and another girlfriend, hit it off on tour with fellow Motown artist Tammy Terrell. Whoops. Even proposed to her. Um, Yikes. And then he died of a cocaine overdose, which uh, <laughs> tough, tough run of that stuff with, uh, wow. with David Ruffin. Well, NBC made a movie on the Temptations, and in their made-for-TV movie, they show him getting beat up, left for dead, dropped off in a morgue, and they're unable to recognize Yikes. his body. So none of that actually happened. So the Ruffin Estate uh, sued NBC and actually won. Why did they do? <laughs> well, I don't understand. I don't know. I guess they're trying to just dramatize. I, like a make, cocaine overdose isn't dramatic enough. You know what I'm saying? Enough, yeah. Like, <laughs> got to have this guy dropped off at a morgue. I guess. Uh, the... the Another David Ruffin fact, uh, the first song on the Fallout Boys 2005 CD from Under the Cork Tree was going to be titled, My Name is David Ruffin and These Are the Temptations. <laughs> but for legal reasons, the name was changed to, Our Lawyer Made Us Change the Name of This Song <laughs> So We Wouldn't Get Sued. Uh, yeah, and uh, my, my, my favorite David Ruffin fact is after leaving the group, he kind of became a stalker and stalked his own band, The Temptations. He would just show up on stage and uh, and jump on stage with the what? with the band, and they would be um, like, "Sorry, David, you can't can't be doing that." Dude, let it go. Let let it go. Let it go. Like pay pay your taxes. Quit That's trying right. to be in the Temptations. That's right. He's kind of like the the Kobayashi of the hot dog eating world. The guy gets <laughs> Joey Chestnut. He would uh, even after the hot dog world banned him, he would still come try to oh, win man. them a hot dog contest. So, uh, David Ruffin, lead vocalist, everyone. This is why it's good to sort of diversify your portfolio. Exactly. Right? Like, I can do this one thing. All right, let me find at least one other thing one maybe other that thing. I can do. Right. So that if I'm ever not able to do this one thing, maybe I can do this He's and like, not... I'm going to be an accountant and do taxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, maybe not to, that, to, yeah. to Maybe, like, not to, to keep myself from jumping on stage with the Temptations. Yeah. Um, other backing vocalist, uh, Eddie Kendricks. He's the high falsetto voice of the group, uh... Tried to leave the group in 65, but he didn't, as he think he didn't have support on his own. So he stuck it out with them until 1970, when he had an altercation with some other Temptations at the Copacabana Club, for those of y'all Barry Manilow fans, and just walked off never to return. Uh, the most popular highlight of him um, is on the song Just My Imagination, one of my favorite oh, Temptations yeah. songs. So if Should you want to play, play a little? It, yeah, let's go to minute 104 and hear a little uh, Eddie Kendricks. That's much more of that Smokey Robinson yeah. vibe. Like that's his 
that the same kind of sound in his voice. He was Smooth, the, high, the yeah. high tenor like that, yeah. Um, died of lung cancer. Uh, famous artist Kendrick Lamar is named after him. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Are they related just, or just I know, named after? I think after? it's just a, just just a name honor. after. Yeah, in honor of one of the great, great singers. That's cool. Um, another backing vocals, uh, the bass singer, the low end, yeah. David Melvin English, okay. a.k.a. Melvin Blue Franklin. Different last name. Interesting. Here's why. His father was a preacher who raped a girl and thus became the mother of Blue. Oh, So wow. Franklin is actually his stepfather's last name, so he took that and became Melvin Franklin. Okay. Uh, one of the two members to never leave the group, The Temptations, him and Otis, who we'll talk about next, um, had bad arthritis. Uh, then he got shot in 1978 trying to stop someone from stealing his car. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Bet you didn't oh see that gosh. coming. <laughs> I, no, I just assumed it was going to be tax evasion. Yeah, exactly. so. That's a good one. He got shot it. trying to evade some taxes, and they got him. They got him. Give him the car. Give him the, give yeah, him the that's car. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what they teach? That's what they teach. Give the car. They teach you to give you the car. Who teaches that? Crim- criminals? Car, it's, car it's, thieves? It's in a book. I read it. Okay. Rule number one. All right. uh, he also worked as a voice actor. Actor. Oh, a pretty cool. Game. I would love to do that. You should I would love to do that. I think I, I was where, as a matter of fact, I tried out a new voice this week that, uh, there was an, there was an old guy sitting behind us at a movie and, um, and he was talking about the Uber drivers that they're, they're suing Uber one, they're independent contractors. And, uh, and the guy's like 500 years old. <laughs> and, um, but we get to the end of the movie. I like, I thought, oh, that guy's got a funny voice. You know what I mean? But the thing that made me want to, that made me want to try it, we're walking out of the movie. We stayed till like the closing credits, you know, and it, the, it starts to fade to black. And he goes, I guess that's the end. And <laughs> <laughs> we're like, that dude, that dude's uh, hilarious. If so you're good. listening out there, man, I really want to get to know you. What do you think his name Come is? House. I think it has to be something like Bernie or. Oh, like, that's, good. that's um, good. It ends in, an, in a in a high in an I sounding vowel. Yeah. I was gonna go Terry. Okay, but yeah. Bernie, Bernie's good. Bernie's it's old sounding. Yeah, and, it just sounds old and kind of squatty. Yep, good you know what I mean. Good call. Yeah. Bernie, Benji, big fan of yeah. you, Bernie. Uh, Otis, it could be Otis. Uh, Otis Williams. Yes, it could be Otis. Uh, other backing vocalist, baritone singer, like Blue, the only member to never leave the Temptations. Uh, parents divorced at a young age, so he was raised by his grandmother in Texarkana, Texas. And she evaded taxes. <laughs> Married and divorced multiple times, then engaged to Patti LaBelle. Really? The original Lady Marmalade. Yep. Uh, but she broke up with him as he asked her to stay at home and be a housewife. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Nah. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah. But interestingly enough, now the most thing recently that Patti LaBelle is famous for is her sweet potato pie. Well, well there you go. Which, so, like, at home, she could have made it early with Otis. She could have hit it big with a, with a sweet potato pie. <laughs> uh, he then married Ann Kane after that divorce, married his third wife, Goldie Williams. Not the, Goldie Wilson. I was going to the mayor of, of Hill not Valley. The, not the mayor, Goldie <laughs> Wilson. I like the sound of that. Do you uh, uh, politically politically do you like uh, Goldie Wilson the third or <laughs> which Goldie Wilson are you down? Oh with? man, I can't remember uh, the Cubs one. No, the I guess the third was the one that did the hover conversions. Yeah. He was he wasn't the mayor. Okay. He wasn't a, in the in the poli- political world. Yeah. Um, and the fifth temptation that we will mention, if my numbers are correct, I'm great with math, would be Paul Williams, another backing vocalist, retired in 1971 from the Temptations for health issues. He had sickle cell anemia. This is a depressing episode. It really, yeah. That. But wait, it gets... No, not really. Then he uh, 
married um, while with the Temptations, but cheated on his wife with the Temptations hairdresser. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just a mess. Uh, his health got so bad, he had to have oxygen tanks on stage, backstage. Oh, Like, wow. between songs, he'd have to go. Oh, okay. Like, not, like, on stage while they No, 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 not, like, rolled up beside him. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, backstage, but okay. between songs, he'd I have mean, to go back. I mean, that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, com- committed suicide in 1973. Yikes. So, uh, there you go. There's the Temptations. Woof. Kind of a mess. Kind of a train wreck. Man, that's um, really brought me down. Yeah, and, and it's kind of a, a fitting name for the band. Yeah. Like, the Temptations, I mean, come on, they... They any, definitely they, had some. They, uh, yeah. Uh, we could have talked about the Funk Brothers. I know you wanted to highlight on them yeah. a little bit. Um, I do want to talk about the Funk Brothers a little bit, because I feel like they deserve it. Um, so the Funk Brothers part of the band. Do you have stuff on them you want to say ahead. first? No, 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 no. Okay, really. so uh, the Funk Brothers... Um, not to be confused with Terry and Dory Funk, the Funk Brothers from wrestling. Those are different <laughs> Funk Brothers, okay? Uh, we'll talk about them for just a second, too. But, uh, no, the Funk Brothers are were the basically the Motown. We've talked about it like at Stax Records uh, in Memphis that like Booker T and the MGs started as the house band, right? Um, and that's basically the Funk Brothers for Motown. They were the, the house band rotating musicians, um, but they were the core of... of almost all the famous Motown tracks that you grew up with and that you know. Um, they backed over 100 number one R&B singles over an 11-year span before Motown moved to L.A. in 1972, I think it was. Um, they were presented with the Grammy Legend Award as a group in 2004. This is just the backing band. Like, it's not an artist. They're just the Funk Brothers. Um, I think that, like, that's something I would like to be known for. It's <laughs> being part of the Wrecking Crew, the Funk yeah. Brothers. You know what I'm saying? The like, Chattanooga Blues. The Chattanooga <laughs> Blues. Uh, they, they also won Grammy Awards for Best Traditional R&B Performance for What's Going On with Shaka Khan in 2002. And... Get ready for this. Best compilation soundtrack album for a motion picture, television, or other visual media. Got all that? Uh, For the 2002 documentary, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. That's the one I referenced earlier. Um, And in 2010, some of the the original Funk Brothers backed Phil Collins on his album, Going Back, which was basically a tribute to the Motown songs of his youth and kind of. Phil Collins actually has a cover of this song. Probably on that album. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, they were inducted into the Musicians Hall of Fame in Nashville. The, they have a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, in the R&B Hall of Fame. Um, so, like, Funk Brothers are a big deal. You know what I mean? They were legendary uh, musicians. Uh, now, Terry Funk Jr., I mean, Terry <laughs> Funk and Dory Funk Jr. won titles in the NWA, <laughs> All Japan Pro Wrestling, WWF, WCW, ECW, and, uh, and Terry Funk is noted for being one of the fathers of hardcore wrestling where they, like, you know, hit each other with, like, um, barbed wire and <laughs> bricks and stuff like that. So that's, that's Dory and Terry Funk, the Funk brothers. But that was, they didn't play, like, bass on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was the Motown Funk brothers. <laughs> Just so you know. Do you hear how the song got a jump start back into the charts on the big, no. on the Big Chill soundtrack? Oh, uh, those of y'all that saw the Big Chill, it's got Tom Berenger. He's like uh, y'all know Tom Berenger from Major uh, League, right? Major League. He's Jake Taylor from Major the, uh, League. He's also Staff Sergeant Bob Baker in Platoon, but he's more oh, Major okay. League for me. For us, yeah, yeah. We've talked about the Big Chill soundtrack. The Big Chill soundtrack was huge for our parents' generation. Yeah. It's the City of Angels for like our yeah. generation. You know what I mean? The soundtrack that Have just you seen the movie? took off. I've never seen no. the movie. Uh-uh. Glenn Close, Jeff Goldblum. As a matter of fact, Ian Malcolm. I, I feel like I don't even know anybody who's ever seen the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, know, what it, I don't even know what it's about. I, I literally think once they... I think you... Uh, you 
I think you have to be like a baby boomer to be able to access it somehow. Like they, there was like an ID that you had to be over a certain age to own the big chill. You know what I'm saying? Like you went to Blockbuster and you're like, <laughs> I want to rent the big chill. And this is in like, you know, 1992, right? You're like, I want to rent the big chill. And they were like, are you at least 40? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to see your ID because you can't see this if you're not a baby boomer. They're like, did you like Nixon? Right. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> understand the logic. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen, if you have actually seen the movie, The Big Chill, please let us know what it's about. <laughs> like, <laughs> just and if we should watch it. Hit us up online. Yeah. Um, you got some covers? Uh, just a few. Um, uh, Rolling Stones did a cover of this. Okay. Uh, we don't even have to listen to them. Um, Are they good? I don't know. No. Let's, we don't, let's not even listen to them. I'll just mention them. Uh, Phil Collins, we mentioned, had one. Rick Astley has a cover. Okay. I'm going to have to hear that. Let's hear the Rick yeah. Astley version. Yep. Because I just don't hear his voice working on this, <laughs> frankly. Nope. I'm out. Already done. I need the drum fill. I don't even... What range is he going to sing this in? Is he going to go high? The suspense is killing me right now. I know you want to leave yeah, me. He went high. But I refuse to let you go. His voice doesn't fit the music oh, right there. They're completely different. For your sympathy, I Definitely don't it's like they though. forgot the drum track. <laughs> Ain't too proud to beg. He did bring I, in the heavy strings there. Oh, yeah. They, he turned it into a ballad. I don't get it. I, I guess thematically it could could make sense as a ballad. You know, I'm not too proud to beg you to not leave me. Like, I, you know, but it doesn't. <laughs> Knowing where it came from, that did not work at all for me. I don't it's know. It's kind of a downer note to end on. And he said it so properly, ain't too proud to beg. Like, no. Uh, there was one other note that I'm, uh, but that made me think of it. So thank you, Rick Astley, for that. Um, the This song was originally in a lower key. Oh, I didn't know this. And um, in in the production meetings, they were kind of they would do a, kind of a version of it. Um, and this started as an instrumental track. Uh, by the way, uh, Norman Whitfield produced the the beat and the groove and the sounds first, and then they made a song on top of it. Um, so he was like he he was going for uh, a little bit more of a James Brown vibe, and um, so he comes up with the the musical treatment first and then presents it and they go, yeah, we like that. Let's put a song over the top of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's finish it with some words and lyrics. So, um, but originally it was on a lower key and, um, but the, the, they wanted the vocalist to have to um, put a little extra juice into it. So they raised the key. Barry Gordy had him raise the key to where he could just barely, barely hit, hit the high notes top of his range. so that he would have to strain and it would, and it would add some extra, uh, whatever. And so, and, and, and you hear him, sometimes he goes falsetta, ain't too proud to plead, right? That's like falsetta. But sometimes he goes up there, I know you, and, it, and he d- gets that kind of grittiness in his voice, you know what I mean? And it adds a, some character to the vocals and it's not quite so, um, straight laced and clean as it yep. could have been if it was a little in a lower key worked really well for this. It's a thing that I wish they had done the opposite of for, um, uh, what's the song? Um, temptation song. No, no, no. Um, what's that government? What's the song? Is it, it's not, it's not, you know, you make me want to shout, but it's like that. Um, oh my gosh. Um, the twist. Do you love me? No, it's do you love me. 
right? Like, put that song should have been a step lower. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you love me? He's going, do you love me? And it's too, and he doesn't Watch get there. Now. Like this, this guy, he's straining, but he gets to the notes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Said. But he's he's like a half step flat <laughs> he's for the whole song. Like, help the guy out. You know what I'm saying? Y'all did. I mean, it's not like. Like these songs, they would take like five minutes to record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're recording three albums a day at Motown. Yeah. G- go back and lower it a half step for the guy. You know, have some mercy. Or was Jeez. he just super confident? I can get it. I'll I got get, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. We're out of time. You've got this is the last take. <laughs> they were lovely. I just can't. It doesn't get there. I think we should send him out with the drum intro. Take it from the top yeah. on this one. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Hope y'all had a wonderful Halloween. We're coming out of Halloween with this one. Absolutely. Um, and next week, the uh, what you guys have been, uh, Woo, what y'all have been asking for. I'm all ready to ready punch you in the face. I've got my boxing gloves on. Rivalry my, week. Got my Daniel Sun headband all strapped up, <laughs> ready to go. Rivalry week, guys, as requested. Coming back at you Coming next week. Coming back with the hatred. Uh, hit us up on Facebook in the group, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Twitter and Instagram at Great Song Pod. And, uh, man, just find us online, greatsongpodcast.com, archives, merchandise, all the things you need. We're here for you. We're here for the people. So uh, come come talk to us. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you're thinking of this episode. And uh, let us know you're excited for Rivalry Week next week. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>